Hello everyone, welcome back to Dancers Doing Stuff. My name is Haley and today I'm speaking with Maria Papa Constantino. She is an amazing dancer. She was a professional ballroom dancer, which is so cool. She also is in grad school. She works at Fox News and she also is in culinary school at the Institute of uh, Culinary Arts. Um, so she really does everything, which is crazy. So we talk about a ton, a ton of stuff. She's also a really great friend of mine um, and so sweet. So it was great that we got to connect. Um, while we were chatting, we made some marbled mugs using nail polish. Um, so you can't drink out of them, but they are really cute decor pieces. So definitely head over to Essentially Haley on YouTube so you can watch the video version and check out the craft. Um, I think it turned out really cute. So definitely try it out and let me know if you do. A few quick announcements before we get into the episode. Um, I just wanted to say again, the Patreon is live. Shout out to my two patrons so far, Sophie and Karen. You guys are the absolute best. Um, for those of you who don't know, Patreon is an amazing place where you can become either a supporter squad or a dancers doing stuff club member. Those are the two tiers. Um, and it's a great website where you can help support the show and myself um, and get some really fun perks and benefits as well. Some of them, you know, include behind the scenes content, supply lists for crafts so that you can craft with us live and know what we're going to be making for the whole month. Um, you can also submit questions for the guests so that you can ask specific questions. Um, and then also for the club members, there are two live stretch classes and one live dance class that happen on Zoom. Um, it's all love just like a safe space to move and have fun so you don't have to be a professional dancer to join um, you just have to like moving your body um, and yeah you also get access to the discord community which I'm hoping becomes a safe space uh, where people can connect and play and create and maybe collaborate um, without the pressure of you know perfectionism and trying to create constantly to produce just creating to create for creating sake um all of this is part of a bigger venture a bigger project or dream i guess of mine and once we get 100 patrons at on the patreon um i will be starting the dancers dream grant program which is I will be giving $1 per patron every month to a dancer who has a creative project that needs funding, um, you know, whether it is a concept video or renting rehearsal space, just something that we can all as a community help people create their dreams. Um, so starting once we have 100 patrons, that's $100, um, and hopefully it just keeps growing from there. So I think that is all of the housekeeping and um, little announcements. So let's get into this episode. Hi guys, welcome back to Dancers Doing Stuff. I can't believe this is season two, episode 10. Like, where's the time gone? It's like, that's so cool. This, I've gotten to do so many episodes. So thank you so much for being here and watching and coming back every week and listening to the podcast and supporting me it means so, so much. Um, today, I have a really, really awesome guest, my friend Maria Papa Constantino. I hope I said it right. I practiced so many times. We're going to see if I said it right when she comes on. But I am so, so excited to have her here. She is a she was a ballroom dancer, like super competitive, like all the sparkles, everything, killing it. She's done all types of dance. She does culinary arts. She's in grad school right now. And she also works for Fox News. So like literally what doesn't she do? I don't know. Like I don't know how she balances it all. But something that I love about her is that she has a passion and she goes for it and she tries different things and she is always doing so much. So I can't wait to talk about all of that. But as always, you know, we like to hype up our guests and show a little video of them dancing. So this is like, I need to ask her more specifically about this ballroom style because that is one type of dance that I know nothing about. Like, I don't know what the names of the types of, you know, steps are and all of that so i'm really excited to talk to her about ballroom because that is something that i know nothing about so let's check out this video 
Because this is a podcast, you can't see the video, but trust me, it is great. After the episode, make sure you head over to Essentially Haley on YouTube or Dancers Doing Stuff on Instagram so that you can check it out. But while I have you here, let's hear from our sponsor. If anyone out there is looking to start a podcast but doesn't know where to begin, I have a great tip for you. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's actually what I'm using right now. Anchor is free to use, and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. They distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a ton of other places. Another cool thing is you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need to make a podcast is right in one place. Seriously, it's so easy. My first ever episode I recorded sitting in my closet, talking to my phone in the dark. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So fun and like that rooftop view, like to die for. So without further ado, let's bring in our guest. Yay! (laughs) And let me unmute you because every week I mute the guest. So sorry about that. You are unmuted now. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Thanks for joining or thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here tonight. Yay! I'm so excited. And also our craft. So we're going to start right off with the craft. And because you are like a chef in the making, I thought like something food related, but not like with food because I'm not in a kitchen. But we have these mugs and we're gonna try marbling them with nail polish. So my nail polish is like probably expired and I think after this I should throw it all away probably. But all you need is nail polish, a mug, And then I have this like Tupperware full of water and I am going to just, you won't be able to see it. So just use your imagination, okay? (laughs) And I am going to put the nail polish like on the top of the water. Like, so don't dump it too hard because then it'll sink, but just kind of like lightly pour it on. And then I'm gonna use this like plastic knife or you could even use your finger if you don't mind getting nail polish on your finger and swirl it around into like a marble pattern. And then we're just gonna dip our mug in and see what happens. And so I don't know if this is gonna work because I think my nail polish is expired, but we will see. A lot of the crafts lately have been fails. So I'm hoping that this isn't a fail. How's yours looking? I'm using like a blue, blue vibe. What colors are you using? I have blue and white, so it's like a Greek vibe, the Greek flag. Ooh, I love that. (laughs) And your family is from Greece, right? Yes. So we are, we live that typical American dream, having my parents come overseas on the boat when they were 20 and kind of making a name from them themselves that way, you know, Um, you know, coming to America and making, you know, try to make a life for them here. And so obviously their children and their extended family gets to flourish but they were the first ones to come over for sure wow have you gotten to go to greece and like see everything and honey that instead of going to disney world like we would go to greece that was that was our summer vacation so yes that's like i have that on my on my vision board of like you know the beautiful white little Hot, but is that, is that Santorini, I think? Is that what the, the yes. one that everyone wants yes. to go to? I'm sure there's so many other places in Greece that are, like, gorgeous besides that, but that's the one that everyone oh, has sure. on their vision board. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's gorgeous for sure. I would love to start off talking and hear a little bit about your journey with dance and, like, how you got into it, how you started. Yes. So um, I was, my first dance class was the typical ballet, tap, and jazz when you're three years old. My sister and I were 13 months apart. So um, we we were always in dance classes together. Uh, we did the whole studio. We did the competition dancing. And then when I was about 14 years old, we were, you know, traveling nationally and winning all the titles with the studio and competition dancing. But um, a lot of the judges were like, Maria, like, you don't have technique, you have talent, but you don't have technique. 
So at like 14 years old, I was like, okay, I'm going to dedicate my, I guess, career starting, like starting out my career. Okay, let me, let me get into ballet. So I got into a ballet conservatory in North Carolina. And then I did the whole summer intensives at American Ballet Theater, Boston Ballet, like I was full force in it um, Mm -hmm. from like 14 to 16. Um, And then we have to be realistic with ourselves because we are 16. We're about to be an adult. We're getting older. Is dance going to be your, is it going to be your profession? Is it not? Um, So basically I was, you know, I was 14 to 16. I was doing all the um, summer intensives. And basically they were like, Maria, your body type is not your classical ballerina. I was five foot one. I was short. I was more athletically built, more compact. Um, mm. And at that time, it was still, you know, you want to be five seven, you want to have that aesthetic. And I didn't have that. And so, you know, so you think you can dance, they were talking about partnering, they were talking about this new dance style of ballroom. And I think it, it's always been here. Obviously, the history, it goes it goes back but I think for the mainstream through so you think you can dance was the initial of like oh this is this is this style so then I was like oh let's try partnering let's try ballroom dance let's like wow. try this world so I had one class I was 16 years old and because I had competitive dancing I did the summer intensives I had all this experience already so I kind of just used that to you know merge quickly and have my skill set um be easily transferable to ballroom dancing and what ballroom dancing is it's basically you have two main styles you have either latin or american um ballroom dancing originate it's like it's international there's the russians there's you know the blackpools in london there it's a very international style and so when when you know the dancers professional dancers years ago brought it to america they kind of changed it with american style and i think the main difference is when you're dancing latin is with straight legs and um american rhythm is what they call it is with bent legs and it's like you know you have your cha-cha you have your mambo you have your rumba you have your bolero you have your samba you have all these different styles and these different dances um but the main three the four the four segmentations of ballroom dancing when someone says i'm a ballroom dancer that means you have knowledge and you danced in standard which is your classic like up, 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 the beautiful ball gowns in London and like living your gorgeous Cinderella life. And then there's international. Yes, all of that. (laughs) High raise, all of that. Um, And then there's international, which is like your, you know, rumba, your samba, like your bachata, like the very like international. And then there's American rhythm and American smooth is the styles that I competed in. So I had my first lesson in ballroom dancing. I was like, let's stick to American. Let's not do international. So I, I, I'm, I have knowledge in standard and um, international, but I'm, I didn't compete in it. I um, see. So I obviously, see. you want to be a versatile dancer, and you want to be a dancer who can kind of do all four styles. Um, and so within those four styles, has the different dances like mambo, rumba, bolero, all of that. So then I had my partner. Um, he was a professional. I was an amateur at 16 years old. And basically, we traveled. Uh, mind you, I was in high school at this time. And I, you can ask all my friends back at home. I did not go to high school. It was an online little class. You were ahead of, the, ahead of the times with the online classes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I actually You're a trendsetter. Yeah. yeah. See? Um, and so then I was traveling with my pro partner at the time. We were traveling. We were winning titles for American Rhythm and American Smooth. We won all that. We won the world. We won the national. Um, and then at uh, 19 years old, 19 years old, I turned professional um, in ballroom dancing. And then oh. I moved to the city, New York City. I got my undergraduate degree at Pace University. And then I was dancing at Broadway Dance Center, like number one studio in the city. Um, and I did pro sum, did the training program, and just took class regularly. Um, and then since 
you know, we're a little, we're 25 now. So we've aged. You're and young, before. you're young. <laughs> um, so during, during the past five years, I will say dance has kind of been on and off. And it wasn't so much, um, I think I kind of retired, I guess you would say, um, as a professional ballroom dancer when I was 24. Because uh, that's when I, prior to the pandemic, like right at the pandemic, I broke up uh, with my professional partner. So um, that's like my trajectory of dance. I've always danced when I was a kid. I did the different styles, like you said. I trained at Broadway Dance Center. I did the auditions. I did all that. But then as far as making it a career, I had that in my younger 20s. And so Mm. when it came to now, um, we kind of transferred all that discipline and determination and passion and everything for art, but for television, for media, for production. Um, So I still think that's a little bit more creative than accounting or a (laughs) banker or, you know, all those like science, like majors and things like that. So that's my trajectory. Yeah, I love that. And I was wondering what, so what is, I know you said you were an amateur and then you turned professional. I feel like there's definitely like a certain definition of like what what determines, I guess is my question, mm-hmm. an amateur versus a professional when you're in the like competitive ballroom world. Um. So basically in the ballroom world, you can have an amateur and an amateur, meaning that they don't Neither of them gets paid to teach ballroom dancing. And then you have a professional and amateur where the professional is being, who is gaining financial, financial gain by, you know, teaching the amateurs how to realistically dance, how to do these dances, all of that. And then there's professional, professional. And that's just basically, you know, both professionals can be teaching, can be dancing, can be paid to make performances to be introduced, invited to these competitions, to these shows, to all of that. So I graduated, I guess, from Pro-Am because I already was the world, I was a world titleist. I was a national titleist. So the only way up was either, either you quit or you move on. And so the moving up, moving on, you know, um, was becoming pro and you, you're certified within the community. You have to take tests and you have to, um, obviously there's a syllabus and all of that. So there's like the logistics aspect of confirming you're a professional in the industry. Um, and wow, so basically you are so registered cool. professional ballroom dancer versus in our industry. I mean, yes, you can get awards and you can go comps and you could be a choreographer and you could have all these credits, like whether it's like television or commercial or even Broadway, you know, all those yeah. different aspects. But ours is literally a certificate of like, oh, you are wow. a ballroom dancer, professional ballroom dancer for the, the organization. Wow, that is so cool. I had never knew that it was so like official like that. It makes sense though. I feel like there's some things where like with some ballet teachers, you know, there's like the SAB training, or I think where like you're certified to teach this specific class and that but it's it's interesting where the rest of dance there's not really like a you know you anyone can be a professional if they say they're a professional kind of thing so that's really right. fascinating about the about the ballroom world and like mm-hmm. I mean the whole the ballroom world it is just that like it's such a world like with the costumes and like the hair and all of that like you must have some crazy costumes where did you even get those costumes from so I will say the industry I know I feel like a lot of people say when they're it's culinary or television or you know dance or you know it's it's so small knit it's so it's such a small community and basically everyone knows everyone and basically they have businesses within the the organization the community of ballroom dancers that profits by selling or sponsoring ballroom gowns and you could be invited let's hypothetically you could be invited to London and showing off this beautiful dress and then a amateur is gonna see you and be like oh let me buy that so then that's how they kind of make that profit within within it so like there's like influencers oh Honey, I think ballroom dancers were were trendsetters. Like, I yeah, seriously influencing the younger or the amateur aspects that makes the bulk of ballroom. It's not professionals by large. It's, yeah, it's amateurs because amateurs can start when you're a child. To they have literally, it's called Lady C, and it's literally ladies who compete amateurly with their professional dance teacher, 
from like 55 to I think it goes to like 80. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. And like, yeah, I the one of the first experiences I ever had with ballroom or like being exposed to it. Have you seen the movie Mad Hot Ballroom with like yes. the little kids in New York? That's something that I think in New York. I don't know if it's still a program, but I think don't like yeah. some schools have like ballroom dancing in their schools. That is so cool. We did like mm-hmm. the hoedown like square <laughs> dancing in my schools like nothing like that I wish we had had ballroom that would have been fun but I probably would have been scared to like touch anyone because I was I was one of those kind of kids who like didn't want to touch anyone <laughs> but yeah that is so cool so I love that and then when you I know you did like other styles when you were growing mm-hmm. up and then you like really focus on ballroom when you got to New York did you kind of is that when you started to just kind of go back into all those other styles and like try everything out? Yeah. So honestly, it was because of the program that I was in. You basically had to choose. I remember you had to choose between like ballet and you had to take your four concentrations or you had to do hip hop or commercial. Yeah. And, like, and there was no ballroom put- concentration. <laughs> No, there wasn't, they had ballroom classes, like salsa, and like they had, you know, a couple of those, but it still did not make its headway that it has in the industry. I mean, now, now, now it's, you know, now everyone knows ballroom, but like back in the, like five, six, seven years ago, no one did. So I think I was conflicted because I'm like, I'm a ballroom dancer. I have all these titles. I'm a professional, but how do I make that my specialty? And honestly- Now, looking back, you, that's your special, that was my specialty. You create from there. You start there. You don't start in the mold that all these choreographers and these people and these mentors that you dance with, even your colleagues. But I, since I was so young, I was like, oh, I need to be their mold. I like, Mm. I'm your dancer. Tell me what to do. Let me show you my body. Let me be the body that you need versus hi, this is, I'm Maria. I'm a ballroom dancer this is what I can do. What can you make? How can we collaborate together to make a piece that celebrates both of us? And I think I lost that. I lost that, you know? Yeah. I think that that is something that's so, so relatable because I think especially when you're a young dancer, you move to New York, you move to LA, you move to a big city. It's like, you are so hungry. It's not like another industry where there are like, these are the exact steps you like corporate, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Cause I know you've had some experience with that. It's like you start mm-hmm. here with these, these are the skill sets that you need to have for this job. It's written out very clearly. You start here, you climb that ladder and, and there is obviously a ladder in the dance and arts world, but it's like, it could go like this. It could go like this. Like it could go like this. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's not something that we're, there's no clear, way and that's great in one way because everyone can have their own path but it is really hard like you said to to go into this world and to like be so hungry and then we spend so much time trying to like fit into other people's boxes and then something that we were talking about yesterday before before the interview it's like it's really hard not to think and like feel bad about you know, oh, if I had only known this when I was younger and maybe this could be different in this. And we said yesterday when we were talking, it was like, well, maybe we needed to go through that because would we have been able to absorb that lesson at that age? Maybe we had to go through it and learn from it in order to absorb that now as older dancers and older people in the world. So I know that was a long tangent, but I 100% agree with what you were saying. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I 100% agree with you as well because that's at that's that's the lesson at the end of the day. You have to, you know, stand by your who you are and you have to bring that to the room and I think that, you know, as young dancers, you know, it's nice to have that reminder of okay, you're going to be you and you're going to dance like you and you don't necessarily have to. And I think that's the lesson is like 6 years, 7 years now self-reflection obviously. I I could have I could have been, hi, I'm a ballroom dancer. Let me serve you. And I think I think things would have been a little differently, for sure. Because you see a lot of people doing that now. People appreciate that. And I think that, um, obviously, the industry changes and it molds and it meanders and it's all of that, you know, ooey-gooey. And it's like, how do you find your way? Mm. It's, it's something else we talked about. It's like, it's so hard when 
your art is so connected to your identity and like even so much so as like the type of art like the style of dance that you do becomes so much your identity and when you stop doing that or if you change that it's like it's we've had these talks where it's like okay well who am I if I'm not taking six ballet classes a week am I still me yeah and it's like, yes, of course you're still you. That's just an aspect of you. And that's why, I mean, that's why I do these shows and these crafts and these things because mm-hmm. there's so much more to a person, but it's so mm-hmm. hard in, in this world and in this industry where we're so like, you must focus, you must hustle on one mm-hmm. thing to be the best at it. And it's like, mm-hmm. people are so much more complicated than that. And dance and mm-hmm. art is so much more complicated. So, oh. We got really deep there. I don't I know. know. <laughs> it's because it's the late night show. <laughs> yes, that's welcome. 9.20 on a Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I think it's the perfect time for our first game. So okay. let me get my little, let me get my little. <laughs> Amazing. So it is time for Would You Rather. If you okay. are watching live, we'd love to have you guys comment we can actually add the comments to the screen so we can see what you guys are up to kate gave us a little heart natalie gave us some hearts and she said hi (laughs) so so fun um so we are going to do some would you rather it's nothing too crazy because it's a pre-made game so it's not going to be so scandalous but (laughs) i would love to see if you're watching live or even the replay what you would rather so let me randomly pick these some of them are really weird would you rather cry 126 tears each time you see a car or fight off a horse-sized swan every time you go to the restroom honey i would cry (laughs) i would be crying all the time (laughs) yes that's my choice (laughs) i 100 percent would also pick crying because i definitely do cry way more than 126 tears probably every day you know it's a good release so I don't know I think that's (laughs) I support crying everyone you heard it here (laughs) okay let's pick another one let's see let's see what we get Ooh. oh this is oh wow this one's kind of wild this one's kind of wild okay would you rather have explosive diarrhea every morning when you wake up. <laughs> it's the late night show. Or have a body made entirely of cutlery. All right, so I I'm into culinary, so I'm gonna have to have the body of all cutlery and knives and like you know. Yeah, like you you would just like you could like Cut. You wouldn't need any of your tools. Like, you could just literally cook everything all the time. That would be so yeah. easy. You'd save so yeah. much money. I don't even need to go to culinary school now. Yeah, because you are culinary. <laughs> You're cutlery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let me see. Let me see. Wait, what about you? What was your choice? Oh, Decision. I think I'll say the cutlery because cool. the diarrhea is aggressive. <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot. Even on a Wednesday. (laughs) Okay, last one. Would you rather have feet that smell like rotten fish or have to sleep upside down hanging from a tree branch, whatever the weather? I guess it's going to be the fish because it, I, maybe put some like stuff in your nose and maybe you don't have to smell it. So maybe that. And like, I bet like, right? You could, like, probably find, like, deodorizing spray. Like, it, yeah, doesn't, it doesn't say that you can't, like, take care of it every day. Like, you right. know? But the I sleeping upside down, just, like, cover yeah. your feet in, like, deodorant. Candles. There's, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I would I would definitely pick that, too, because I couldn't sleep upside down. Like, Mm-mm. especially in the winter in New York, no thank you. No, no, no. No, definitely not. Okay, <laughs> and I want to share some... Some of our friends here, they picked cry, they picked diarrhea, so they're on the same page. Well, diarrhea, that was, <laughs> that yeah. was not on the same it's page okay. as us. each to their but own. We support you, we support you, we support mm-hmm. you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amazing. So, I would love to talk about your passions outside of dance and get into yeah. a little bit about culinary school, grad school, mm-hmm. working at Fox News, like, 
How did all of this happen? Tell me about it. Thank you. Thank you. So I think it still ties into the story of dance. Uh, My story will always start with dance. It's just who I am. It's everything I am is because of dance. So that's that has to be thrown out there. So I was still struggling with the fact of like, I, so I did graduate college in three years just because I wanted to be like kind of done and like start working. Um, and so I wanted to find that, that industry that's, you know, still connected and creative and being in production, it's basically whether you're, you know, the talent or not, you're making a live show happen. You're making this project happen. And so that's, creativity um and so as a dancer as an artist that gave me comfort because I was able to still be a part of something that was larger than me but then also be a part of something that produced something every single day so I had my first taste of a successful television show uh daytime was with Dr. Oz it was his um season 11 Um, And that's where I kind of fell in love of like, okay, this is television. This is production. Ooh, this, this works. This makes you, you want to get better. You want to learn more. You want to, you were talking about being hungry. You could be hungry in a different aspect. And I think that was the first taste of, of that. Ooh, maybe I could do something else besides dance. And I think that was that first door of like, here, here's television production. So I did Dr. Oz. That what kind really of cool stuff experience. did you do on Dr. Oz? Like what yes. what even happens behind the scenes? <laughs> yeah, so I was, um, I guess you would say technically I was a full-time production intern. So what does that mean? I meant that means I would deal directly with, there were so many departments, I would just work with post-production, pre-production, even li- during live shows. Um, at that time, pre-pandemic, they had live audience members and so I would deal with the audience department I would deal with um you know field shoots trying to go to like interview um a random stranger about how they felt about yogurt or a different field <laughs> shoot on like d- these different segment ideas that the producers of the Dr. Ross show would um you know come and create I would be a part of that journey of like okay, maybe you're helping out, maybe you're this, maybe you're shadowing, maybe you're going to cut some video, maybe you're going to interview the people, maybe you're going to ask people to come in and, you know, come watch the show. So I think the responsibilities varied, but the good thing about being, I guess, the intern was that um, you were able to see all sides of a successful live television show. And so that was a really cool experience. And then And is his show, is it like every day, like... Yeah. Or is it like once mm-hmm. a week? Like, it's like you're just constantly going, constantly moving, like no rest with that kind of job, so, right? Yeah, I will say more so in news. So we'll definitely like hop over there. But he is a taped, pre-taped show. Um, I think we did one or a couple. We did a couple live shows where there were special guests like Oprah Winfrey. And at that time, years ago, they had other guests like um, Donald Trump before he became president, um, all of that. So we had like those high level guests where there would be like live shows. Um, and then uh, for the most part, it was a pre-taped show, meaning like, um, I think it was three times a week, we would tape two shows a day and then they would go to edit and then they would edit all out. And then it would be like in your local like listing, whether it's 4 PM, 2 PM, 11 PM, depends on your time. So that was a pre-taped show. And then I moved over to NBC Universal and that was I that was my first real job out of college. Um, And so for that, I was a booking producer. And so with that, I was booking a lot of these guests Um, for that particular show. um, The show was trying to persuade these guests um, that they were guilty of something like the show is kind of Jerry. Have you guys heard of Jerry Springer show? Yeah. It's that whole vibe. So think of that. Oh, so but then think of like hectic energy. <laughs> yeah. Hectic drama, all of that stuff. So I was just oh booking people trying to clear their name, but with that whole, so I worked for the whole season. That was my first job out of college. But with that, that actually gave me the tools to be persuasive, to be heard to be listened to, to have authority. So Dr. Oz was this beautiful dynamic of learning how to become a beautiful, like successful television show. And then NBC, I was able to actually 
okay, you're making the, the shots, you're making the moves, you're making the pitches, you're getting the stories. You're obviously you have, you know, your synopsis and what you need to do and all of that. But at the end of the day, it was you and you had to come forward and like bring that work every single week. Wow. And then um, about three and a half years ago, um, we, this was, I don't, the timeline girlfriend, I don't even have. So please excuse I know. me. What is, honestly, but what is time anymore? Like, we don't know. I, it doesn't exist. I don't, I, it's I a don't, construct. I don't think, like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> We're it, living in a That's situation. between you and me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so once I left MVC, I loved all the work. I loved my boss. Everything was such a great experience. I knew that I wanted to work in, a, a, in an election, regardless of who won who the candidates were, I wanted to work an election. I thought that would be the next stepping stone on my resume. Yeah, and so that's, that's such why good I moved. learning experience. Like mm-hmm. that, that is like, go, go, go. Like, yes. whoa. <laughs> yes. So then from NBC, I went to Fox News and I was a booker for them. And I work for Neil Cavuto. Um, he's a moderate on our, our, on our network. So he's, you know, fair and balanced always. That's the, that's the message. And it's been a pleasure to work for him. And I've grown so much as a professional. Um, and so I've been booking. I found my niche in booking. Basically, that means you are so cool. the media management of these guests that has certain POV or a certain story that needs to come on and come on the show to talk about it, talk about the Ooh. messaging. So, you know, dance, we, we, our bodies is the story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my job is booking the story and booking the guests that fit the story. So it also, it's all relatable. Like it really is. Yeah. If you think about it, the trajectory, it's all relatable. Um, and so then now I'm actually in grad school at NYU um what is it go Bobcats (laughs) um the beautiful purple the purple (laughs) the purple the white like beautiful colors like yeah beautiful love them (laughs) um so I'm getting my master's in public relations and corporate communications and that's more so just you know expanding my network and you know, again, going back to the whole immigrant story, my parents didn't have an education. They didn't have that opportunity. And so it's always been my parents kind of always ingrained in me, like when you have education, no one can take that away from you. Um, and so I grew up with that I, that idea, that principle. And so I now have the privilege and the opportunity to go to school. So why not? And that's kind of coincides with why culinary so master's great PR media management basically like I'm telling you being the producer of the message that's whether it's dance whether it's food whether it's um, you know corporate Fox yeah. news. Um, and so then culinary uh, my dad um, we own restaurants back in North Carolina um, he so cool. is basically my my hero my my inspiration he is everything I want to be he you know he inspires me so much um and so when it comes to food and culinary is more so like if you can get an education and you can learn how to cook properly why not in dance if you could train with the best and be with the best choreographer and go to all those auditions why not so it was also of that mentality of like okay if you want to be the best you have to be in the room with the best you have to fight for that spot and so in culinary it was more so of like well I want to you know be able to cook I want to be able to like take the recipes my father you know grew up having and like kind of make them my own so obviously with the pandemic dance kind of shifted in my life um and so I think I had to step out and kind of find another way to be creative and I found that I could be creative with my hands and culinary is a visual art If you look at it, you know, we look on Food Network, we look at pictures, we look at Instagram, we look at all these, what is culinary and what it is, it's a visual art. And when you taste it, it's it's intimate when you're eating out with your friends, it's the experience, it's the story. And that's Mm. the thing is whether dance, culinary, PR, any of that stuff, it's all related because it's about the message, it's about the story. And I think that's, whenever I do anything, we talk about passion, we talk about dedication, it always starts with my why and it starts with the story. What story am I telling? What chapter am I gonna open? What paragraph am I rewriting? And I know it's all a little like philosophical and like, you know, like this like really emotional (laughs) stuff. I'm here for that, I'm here for that. Yeah, that's how I operate. So I'm going, I'm furthering my education so I could 
you know, learn how to cook, learn how to cook right, learn how to, you know, take on my dad's recipes, like let an, a legacy, take on that legacy that he yeah. created. Um, so that's, that's wow, why I love I'm that. And that's setting yourself up for the future. That's setting, like, that's another thing. Like if, so if you know how to cook, no one can take away that from you. And like, you can be creative that, I mean, cooking is so creative. It is an art form. Like, wow, I'm not good at cooking. And <laughs> so I am so impressed whenever I see you with like your chef outfit on yes. like you look so official and like I just it's crazy also just your dedication of just going and getting it and like some people would be like oh I'm in school I'm too busy I can't work and you're like oh I'm in school and I'm working full-time and I'm gonna also just like go to another school like that is so inspiring. So I love that. Oh, thank you. Are there Thanks. any other things that you just love that you don't maybe do as mm-hmm, seriously? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know yeah. you probably don't have any other free time, but what no, are I some don't. of your other passions? Um, I definitely like to bike. Is that weird? Like city biking? Oh. Like if I could like not take the subway, not walk, not Uber. I would just bike. So I literally bike everywhere. Wow. Um, actually a funny story on like one of the first weeks I was at Fox, I was like, let me ride my bike to work. Like that, that, that we're a working professional. No, that's when I had like my first, like hit the side, like sidewalk. And then there's all these cars coming and I'm like, am I ready to like trans like use transport, like public transportation as a bike? to work I don't know about that so I still do it leisurely just because New York City traffic is crazy I could never I mean if I'm being honest they say you you don't forget how to ride a bike I am proof that that's a lie (laughs) because I (laughs) when I was living in England I went to visit my friend in in the Netherlands and of course there's like bikes everywhere there and she was like we could bike places and I was like I genuinely don't know if I can do this anymore (laughs) and I got on the bike and we were like no this is unsafe we will walk (laughs) and so I would never in my life ride a bike in New York City traffic shout out to anyone who does that you are the most brave person in the world. <laughs> right? Those people. They're, Literally. They're I don't know how they it. do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, it is time for our next game. <laughs> Question time. <laughs> so it's less of a game and more of just like a surprise. We don't know what's going to happen. All right. I'm ready. So these questions are loosely categorized. Some of them are more deep. Some of them are like funny Some of them are silly. Some of them are emotional. So you can always pass, but I'm going to pick randomly one from each color, and we'll see what we get. Okay. Tell me which color you would like to start with. Orange. What do you collect that no one knows about? Um, like the the wine bottles? Like mini wine bottles? No, no, no. You know the wine bottle topper thing? Oh, like to put it in after. Oh, yeah, cork. It's the little... Yeah, so, like, for, like, New Year's or, like, a big celebration, like, I would always save those. So, like, my family for New Year's, we all were together, and I saved it, and apparently it's good luck. I love that. That's so cute. You could do crafts with that if you wanted, or just, like, Put it in a vase. Like, a beautiful vase with the seashells that you picked from the beach. Like, mix it up. Crafty. Ooh, you you have all the answers today, girl. (laughs) Okay, next color. Blue. What do you fear about getting older? Ooh. That's good. Um, I fear that I have not done enough. Mm. Yeah. I just, you know, whether it's going to be my family, my career, my personal endeavors, just feel like I'm, I'm never going to be able to do enough because I'm always hungry for more. So it's that catch-22 of, like, when you get older and then all the accomplishments. So I think it's not being able to do enough. Mm. Oof. All right. Next one. Purple. Okay. When was the last time you completely lost yourself in something? Ooh. Ooh. Um, honestly, Sunday was my first time taking class in a really long time, like 365 days. And so I prepped improv before, took class. And then when I got home, I improved again, and that's when I lost myself. 
But then that's also where I found myself. And that's why it's so like the timing of this was so special to me because I was able to reconnect to basically what was living in me and what still lives in me. Um, and it kind of is like my vibration. And so I think that that's where I totally lost myself. Oh, I love that. And that's something we talked about yesterday too, before we were, we were live. It's like, sometimes like being a dancer is in we talked about like identity as being like you know we shouldn't Mm -hmm. make our identity a dancer but at the same time on the flip side of that the positive side of that is I think once a dancer always a dancer it is something that is inside you even if you don't dance for a full year if you sat in your house because of a pandemic or because you had to make money or you know something happened whatever if you have that in you you are still a dancer and it's it's so true like we were talking about like there's been times where I'm just like I feel so off I feel crazy I don't know what's going on and then I register I haven't taken class in three days or I mean now it's like three months so it's like and then you take that class and you dance and you realize that that is something that's part of your soul that's something that is deep in you and it doesn't go away and so it's like being able to remember that and that it's always there for you even if you can't always be with it it's so great when you have those moments where you can come back to it so oh I love that yeah chills when you said when you said you lost yourself in dance because I mean that like that's that's why it's the arts are so essential to the world and just yes yes to life in general like what's the point of the world and life if we are not creating art and appreciating art and living our life through art and oh I could go on and on but we have our last Amen, question sister. <laughs> yes let's go okay this one's kind of funny when was the last time you washed your jeans or when was the last time you wore jeans in my case and I can't tell you that because I don't know all right well <laughs> all right you're gonna you're gonna laugh you're ready this is gonna be like a three in one so oh. no, this is gonna be a three on one. So this is <laughs> so basically everywhere I you know since I've lived in New York City, like even at Peace, I had a dorm and they had like what is it? It's like valet. They had valet. They had cleaning like you could have oh, cleaning yeah. service for your clothes in every building that I lived in. So technically what? in New York City, I've never done my laundry. What? <laughs> that is so crazy. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Do but you yeah, wash so your like jeans? Like, do you wash your jeans after you wear them one time? Ugh, no, girlfriend. Like, no. Who has time for that? No. I know. But you know what I've found? Not to, like, make myself sound gross, but, like, before the pandemic, I feel like I would, you know, like, some clothes I'd be like, oh, like, I only wore this one time. It's okay. And then after the pandemic, and I was like, these pants sat on the subway they're I'm ripping them off as soon as I get home like I'm like grossed out more so I don't know maybe like this is like for the rest of my life I will be changed from the pandemic because I've realized how many germs are around us all the time no that's such a good point see I don't even think I don't know but that's like my jacket point. but because it's been winter I sit on my jacket so it's like mm-hmm. my butt area of my pants is protected from my jacket so after but... this I'm gonna go clean up all that and because <laughs> wash I don't everything know what's touched. like so much COVID like where I know yeah gross yeah gross (laughs) okay so our last question is yes what brings out your most creative self um I honestly think it's inspiration and you can find that only if you're present Mm -hmm. and I think inspiration comes small it comes big it comes through nature it comes through something through a thought through a lyric It, it inspiration is all around us but only if you're open. And I think that that's the work that we have to do if we want to be, or in my, in my mind, I think that's the work I have to do in order to be receptive, being present, finding the inspiration. And I think that inspiration is going to lead and kind of go with the flow of how creative and open you're going to be and how authentic your creativity is going to be without blockage, without mm. the exteriors infiltrating and trying to be like but when you're open and present you're here and you see that inspiration and you go with it that's when you're the most creative Mm, I love that okay well where can people find you if they want to get in touch 
Guys, find me. Um, no, it's um, a really long last name. I'm never going to change it. Um, you just have to learn <laughs> how to spell it. It's going to take like a hundred times, but we're going to find it. I love no, it. No, I'm on... I'm on all the social media. Um, I think it's, um, it's what is it? It's, it's Instagram. It's Facebook. It's LinkedIn. It's Twitter. It's TikTok. Yes, TikTok dances. Ooh, let's go. Ooh, ooh. Yes. Ooh. Um, I think it's it's all MK Popical Satino. It's just MK Popical Oh, my gosh. Satino. You say it so amazingly. <laughs> I butchered it earlier. <laughs> Popical no, Satino. No, you did such a great – yeah, you have it. It's, it's – you have it. My downstairs um, yeah. neighbor growing up, they were – from Greece so I got to eat some really great food and like have some really fun holiday adventures with them (laughs) oh I love that oh I love that but yeah no you can follow me it's Maria Papazzatino and then all my handles are the same um and I appreciate this my time with you was just so nice so giving so free and I appreciate you and I'm so happy we reconnected and stayed stayed connected um and we can talk dance we can talk everything that bothers us and what makes us what celebrate you know what we can celebrate and what brings people together what brings all of that so i appreciate you yeah. thank you oh thank you so much thank you you didn't have to be so nice <laughs> um, and then yeah if you guys are watching the replay if you've made it this far um or if you're watching live still definitely make sure to subscribe here on youtube essentially Haley. i'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers so that would be great um and then also of course make sure you check out the audio version of this podcast it is dancers doing stuff on apple spotify Castbox, google something whatever wherever you get your podcast it should be there um and definitely make sure you subscribe over there there are many episodes most sundays where i give you a creative challenge for the week and just like talk myself really quickly about like some stuff that i'm thinking of and then of course we have the audio version of this show and all the other shows that come out in a few weeks um and then what else Definitely check out the Instagram. I'm slowly rolling out some stuff from our shows. Dancers doing stuff over there. And I just launched the Patreon for this show to help support the show and support dancers because hopefully when we get to 100 subscribers on Patreon, we'll be able to start the Dancers Dream Grant program, um, which I'm really excited about. And um, if you want more information on that, definitely check out the video I posted on YouTube about the Patreon and what the perks are and all that stuff. So with that, thank you so much for being here. This was so fun. I'm excited to see how this mug dries. I, I'm honestly, I'm very it's impressed. It's gorgeous. Yeah, so Like pretty. maybe I have to do a few more. I'm really yeah. like, I'm very impressed with this craft. I thought it was going to be a fail because my nail polish looked so crummy. Yeah. But it came through. Shout out Essie. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Well, have a great night. And it was so fun talking with you. You too. Bye, everyone. Bye.